Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. The segment's brought to you by Buxton. Look, they do incredible mobile and predictive analysis and analytics. You got to check them out at buxtonco.com. I recommend you're going to like what you see there. Well, today we're going to talk about retail, retail real estate, retail sales. You know, when the pandemic hit, everybody thought, well, retail's got to really be be it's going to kill retail right people can't get out and, and shop uh but what what really happened and uh what's going on now how are sales moving forward what's happening with sticks and bricks retail sales versus online and what's the future look like well please welcome my guest it's mark matthews he's vp of research development and industry analysis with the national retail federation mark good to see you sir thank you very much uh pleasure to be here michael well, Mark, here we are. It's the end of the year. Uh, the, uh, a lot of people have uh, already finished their uh, Christmas shopping and holiday shopping. So what have you seen so far as far as holiday sales? So, you know, we've seen pretty strong numbers. And, and the important thing to understand here is that we've seen a, a change in the way that people shop. Uh, over the last few years. So it used to be that, you know, Black Friday was was huge and Black Friday would kick off the uh, the holiday season. We're seeing people shop much, much earlier. Uh, so Black Friday is, is still important, but, uh, you know, people are shopping heavily in, in, in the weeks uh, prior to that. So, you know, October is even becoming a, an important month, what, what month when it comes to retail sales. Uh, we just saw the retail sales numbers released for, uh, for November yesterday. Uh, the media sort of focused on the fact that, uh, you know, on a month to month basis, uh, it wasn't great, you know, up, up 0.3%. Uh, I would say ignore that because the month-to-month -month seasonal adjustment factors are not necessarily very uh, very reliable. The, the real thing to focus on here is that on a year-over-year -year basis, November was up, depending on how you measure it, uh, according to our measurement, it was up 14.8%. Uh, November this year was actually bigger than December last year. So uh, we are having a, a very, very strong uh, holiday period. Uh, we forecast that uh, holiday sales would grow between eight and a half and uh, and ten and a half percent. We're expecting at this point that, uh, that the number is going to come in above that. And and I want to get into kind of online versus sticks and bricks uh, in store sales. But before we do that, Mark, help us put the, these retail sales in perspective a little bit when you compare at twenty twenty one to. 2020, when we had a lot of shutdowns, and then 2019 prior to the pandemic. Sure. So this year we are running at 14.2% above where we were in 2020. And just to you know, put that in context, you know, retail is a is a is a huge industry, uh, and you know, growing at three to four percent uh, historically that was viewed as a really really strong year. So 14.2% uh, is, is just way out there. Uh, you know, it's, it's huge. And then people think, you know, well, 2020, you know, pandemic, you know, maybe not a great year. So let's compare it to 2019. Well, 2020 grew 7% over 2019. 
So if you look at it on a two-year stack, we are almost 22% above where we were in 2019. Now that is like adding 50 million new Americans to the economy in terms of buying power. So, you know, it's no wonder that we've seen you know, the, the supply chain struggles that, that we have. The demand has just been so phenomenal this year. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, who would have thunk it, right? I mean, not me. Uh, <laughs> so what are the reasons? What what's what's making this happen, Mark? Yeah, so you know, a, a lot of it comes from us staying at home. We stopped spending money on services. Yeah, we, we stopped, uh, you know, going on holidays. We, we stopped spending money on commuting. We, we weren't going to restaurants. We weren't going to movie theaters or theme parks. So what we saw was a $1 trillion shift away from services and, and into retail. So that's really in part what's been driving this. Uh, now, you would have to layer on top of that the government stimulus as well. You know, the estimates are, you know, somewhere between... 1.4 to 1.6 trillion dollars went into the pockets of, of, of Americans. So if you look at uh, household net worth, uh, it disposable income, all these measures are, are off the charts. The the consumer is in a very strong position right now. Yeah, and that's some uh, maybe to some people a little surprising. Seems like there's haves and haves nots uh, with this pandemic, and. Let's talk about consumer confidence, Mark. What do you see there? I mean, uh, obviously, Americans have most of them, most of us have seen really big increases in our home values. Is that one of the things that makes us more confident to go spend money? It, it certainly helps, uh, you know, and, you know, the, the value of our uh, our stock portfolios. Uh, you know, if you, you own shares, you know that uh, those haven't been doing too well. Uh, so we are in an ex- incredibly strong position financially uh, at, at a national level, of course, you know, at, at uh, you know, 20,000 foot level, uh, obviously there, there are some segments of the population that, that, that have suffered more, but uh, nonetheless, when you look at the national accounts, we are in a very, very, very strong position right now. Mark, let's look at uh, online sales uh, compared to in-store sales. What do you see there? So that is, is very interesting, and it's a great question. Uh, when I was looking at the numbers yesterday, uh, we look at non-store sales compared to other sectors like you know apparel and, and home improvement, stuff like that. Non-store this year is the sixth best performing sector out of 11. So non-store normally is, is up there near the top in, in terms of growth, but this year, bricks and mortar has been growing just as fast as, as non-store. Uh, and, and that's something that we haven't seen for, for a long time. Now, part of that is, is due to the fact that, uh, you know, we, we had, uh, you know, some weakness in the, uh, in the physical retail sales last year because there were so many store closures. Uh, but, but nonetheless, if you, if you think about online, uh, and it depends, it depends on how you measure this, the, the measurement that I use, uh, prior to the pandemic, uh, e-commerce was about 12 to 13 percent of of total retail sales during the early part of the pandemic we saw that increase to about 19 percent ever since then it has been dropping off and we're now somewhere around 14 percent so we've reverted to the long-term growth trend for 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 online sales a lot of people were talking about online eating into uh you know the the total retail sales and increasing penetration. 
uh, that has not really happened. Uh, people have happily been going back to stores, uh, you know, as, as they've been able to. Yeah, well, that's really interesting because one in one way you think, well, naturally we are because we want to get out of our houses, right? Some of us are even working at home. We want to get out and shop and, and yeah. do things and, and maybe you ran into some online sales uh, issues, right? Yeah, absolutely. But the, the thing to, to remember here, uh, you know, I actually try to stay away from the e-commerce numbers because they're frankly just not reliable anymore. Because if you are buying online and picking up in store or, or, or doing curbside pickup, which is one of the fastest growing areas of, of transactions in retail, one company might consider a buy online pickup store transaction to be an online transaction. Another one would consider that to be a, an in-store transaction. So the data itself isn't all that reliable. And the important thing to understand is the store is maintaining a very, very integral role in retail sales. Uh, and it's not necessarily what it used to be. You know, if we think about, uh, you know, what happened to bank branches with, with the ATM, the ATM was supposed to kill bank branches. It didn't. It just changed the nature of what they do. And, and stores are, are beginning to feel, fulfill a lot of different uh, services to, uh, to consumers. Uh, and we actually have more stores now than we have at any point since, uh, since 2008. Wow. Wow. You know, and it makes sense. Uh, I remember going into a store to buy something and the salesperson helped me and, and looked at the uh, selection, but then he brought me over to a screen and said, all right, now we know what you want. You know what your choices are. Let's go online. We'll order it right here. <laughs> and it'll get yeah. delivered to you tomorrow. So I went in store and bought online with their help. And that's a great sales assistant. That's what they yeah. should be doing, right? They want to keep your transaction. Yeah. So, Mark, what do you guys expect for 2022 for retail sales? Well, you know, if we look at the things that, that really help retail sales, uh, you know, the, the strength of the consumer, the, the momentum that we have in terms of uh, retail buying, everything looks pretty positive right now. The, the challenge is going to be that 2021 every month is going to be a difficult comp because the numbers have been so big. So while we'd expect, uh, you know, continued strong growth in the retail space, and, and, you know, one of the reasons that we expect that is because we don't see an automatic shift back to spending in services, uh, you know, in areas like, uh, you know, grocery at home, uh, we are seeing that maintain itself at a higher level. So while we've seen people, we've seen mobility increase and we've seen people go back and, and go to restaurants, the interesting thing about the pandemic is that a lot of people got comfortable cooking at home. A lot of people cook better and a lot of people feel better about cooking at home. They, they feel that they're, you know, they're, they're eating healthier food. So even if we go back to, uh, you know, status quo, uh, we may still see some sectors where people continue to spend more on the retail side and we may not see that shift back in the services. So, you know, we're, we're optimistic about uh, where, where retail sales are going to be in, in 2022. Uh, the, the challenge, like I said, is going to be the year-over-year year numbers are, are going to struggle to look great because we've had such a phenomenal year this year. Yeah. 
Well, I live with my son, and I've uh, I do most of the cooking. He's he's 22. <laughs> I think he's part of the limited Michael Bull menu that we have. <laughs> well, what are some of the things that could really uh, impact retail uh, moving forward next year, Mark? I mean, you know, fuel prices, for example, have gone up. And I know that, uh, hey, if you're paying, spending more for fuel, even right there, you're not going in the convenience store and, and buying as much uh, beer <laughs> things, right? So, and, and other costs are going up, right? You mentioned uh, energy costs before we got... Uh, on the interview here. So what are some uh, headwinds? Yeah, uh, you know, those are definitely issues. You know, the, the more people that have to spend on, on things like rent or, or, or energy, the less they're going to have to spend on retail. So, uh, you know, we, we'd certainly uh, be happy to see some of those costs come down. Uh, you know, obviously supply chain is, is a major concern right now. Everyone's talking about supply chain. Uh, and, you know, we're hopeful that that situation get, gets rectified. But, uh, you know, there is a lot of cap chat, catching up to be done. And as long as volumes remain where they are, you know, if, as long as the demand remains so high, it's going to be hard for the supply chain to, uh, to, to normalize. So you know, I think those are two constraints that, that we see moving into uh, moving in the future. And then, you know, if we see, you know, the, the government tapering and, and raising interest rates, you know, that's going to put some 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 pressure on uh, the availability of, of money. So it's. There are a few things on the horizon that uh, are a little bit concerning, but you know there there remain <clears throat> excuse me there remains a a very very strong uh, financial position for the consumer, and you know we expect they're going to be able to spend their way uh, you know well into uh, into late next year. Yeah, well I have a great name for a bar. If anyone needs a bar name, I was going to suggest logistics and. I think before all this happened, people, would, a lot of people, were like, well, what, what, what's the logistics? Well, now everyone knows about logistics and supply chain, right? Um, and when we talk about supply chain, uh, you mentioned that there's just been tremendous demand uh, for retail, uh, yeah. but we've also had the pandemic, the COVID, uh, slowing down in some cases deliveries, and then also just the manufacturing of, of these goods. So, is this supply chain issue mainly more demand? Or is it also COVID slowdowns of producing? So it's a great question, Michael. And you know, I think what we have here is your your classic double whammy. I don't know if that's exactly an economic term, but you know, if we think back to Econ 101 uh, and, and we think about that su supply demand chart, we, you know, with with the price, uh, you know, we have had both a demand increase and supply challenges. And you're right, it's not just down to the supply chain. Uh, there are challenges there, but you know, there's also been challenges to the manufacturing base, uh, you know, with the, the COVID shutdowns and the fact that, you know, we have gone into, you know, a, a just-in-time inventory uh, being the, the industry standard. Uh, we're already, you know, operating near max and, and, you know, the factories are the same. You know, we, we've, 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 Efficiency has been, you know, the, the mantra for uh, for these businesses for a long time. And efficiency means that you're running your factories near capacity. So when you have these spikes in demand, it, it's very difficult to react to them. Yeah, we're talking with Mark Matthews with National Retail Federation. And Mark, um, how much challenge for retail and therefore retail real estate? Uh, is, is really in inflation. I was in a restaurant yesterday that uh, and, and looked at the menu and my, a hamburger is $19. <laughs> I 
like, my like, wait a minute, uh, you know, is, is these increase in fuel costs and other costs uh, going to potentially impact retail moving forward? It, it is a problem, but uh, it becomes less of a problem if wage increases match those inflation increases. And we have seen to an extent they have, you know, we've, we've seen very, very strong wage growth. Because remember that while all this stuff is happening, uh, we have an employment issue. Uh, we have huge numbers of job openings and not enough people to fill those job openings. So, you know, when you have, you know, job shortages or, or employee shortages, the, the thing that tends to happen to, to solve that is that prices, uh, sorry, uh, wages rise. So, uh, you know, as long as wages are able to keep track with, uh, with inflation, uh, then, you know, we, we'd expect the consumers to, to continue to, 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 to be able to spend. Yeah, so I guess that means um, inflation will have to slow down a good bit because inflation has been higher than wage increases, right? Correct, and you know I think most economists are are expecting inflation to begin to uh, ease as we move later into twenty twenty two. You know, uh, inflation. Uh, it, it's worth mentioning that economists, you know, have not been the greatest at uh, at predicting inflation, and you know predicting the uh, the demise of inflation but uh, the expectation is that uh, you know maybe demand eases a little bit maybe supply chain uh, begins to, to right itself and that takes some of the pressure off of uh, off of the supply demand and brings prices back into line yeah it's like uh, inflation is going to be transitory well it looks like it's it's not now and you talk about those economists I'll give a shout out to Casey Conway the red shoe economist because He's been talking about this inflation is real uh, for a long time. Yes. Um, Mark, let's, let's shift our thoughts here for a moment as, as a retail expert. Um, talk to us about if you're a retailer uh, and your sticks and bricks, your, your physical stores, or you're a landlord and you, you're dealing with tenants and, and you have physical locations, what advice would you give moving forward to you know, the sticks and bricks, the, the real estate part of retail today? Yeah, well, well, I think, you know, certainly one of the things that uh, we need to bear in mind uh, is that, you know, the way consumers want to transact with us uh, is evolving. And, you know, we see more and more multi-channel buying. So we know that people, you know, don't just want to come to the store. They want to be able to do their research online. So to the extent that that you can have an offering uh, that suits what consumers are looking for, uh, and that changes, you know, on a daily basis. I may want to buy something online today, but tomorrow I may want to go pick up something in, in, in the store. So, you know, uh, retailers' ability to offer, a, you know, a range of transactional modalities is, is really important moving forward. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mark, last uh, final word here. What would you leave our audience with to think about for retail in 2022? Well, yeah, I think things look uh, look incredibly positive. Uh, you know, the uh, the most recent uh, store count numbers came out. Uh, you know, we are at the highest level uh, since two thousand eight. Uh, so it, it, it's looking very very positive. Uh, you know, on the bank bankruptcy front, uh, we haven't seen as many bankruptcies as we have in, in twenty nineteen. Uh, so, you know, as long as, uh, you know, consumers continue to remain uh, in a strong position, uh, you know, we, uh, we're, we're pretty bullish on, on where things are headed in 2022. Excellent. Well, that's good to hear. I can do the Snoopy dance for uh, through the holidays and New Year's. <laughs> Mark, thank you for joining us, sir. My pleasure.
Have a good All right. One. If you like more information from Mark and the National Retail Association, their uh, website is nrf.com. And thank you for being with us. I hope you have a great holiday season, a happy new year. Thanks for sharing the show. Thanks for connecting with us. Until next time, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing site selection and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit buxtonco.com by Bull Realty. For proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success, expert level commercial real estate broker training, Cloud Access One, up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.